0: Hey there, you're listening to What the Riff? Join us as we remember the great rock and roll hits from a month between 1965 and 1995. We're going to riff on all things about the bands, the members, and the goings-on during that time. We hope to inspire you to find and download the songs you hear today, whether you're fans who forgot about some of these tracks or maybe never even heard them before. Check out our blog at whattheriff.com or follow us on Facebook at What the Riff. Here's a shout out to our sponsors monkey wrench brewing the best tasting beer and more fun than a barrel of monkeys stanton electric a commercial electrical specialist and marbury creative group a brand development agency that helps companies tell it better so let's turn up the volume and enjoy this episode of what
1: the rip joey chitwood drives a chevette a record 5.6 miles on just two wheels south africa's military invades angola And the first legal gambling casino opens in Atlantic City. This is May 1978. You're listening to What The Riff. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm Bruce. And I'm Brian. And Rob brings us this classic prog rock album. What you got, Rob? Indeed. This is UK.
0: This is an amazing band, guys. Super progressive. Super synthesizers. And you're going to recognize the voice here in just a second.
1: Jeffrey Downs?
0: This is John Wetton.
1: Oh, John ah, Wetton. Oh, okay. I was thinking Asia. Yes,
0: yes. John Wetton that we know from Asia because Asia came after this. But this band was formed in 1977 by some real pros in the music okay. industry.
2: And did all of them go to the University of Kentucky?
0: <laughs> this is United Kingdom. Oh, it's oh, oh. different UK. Brock, Brock, UK. So you're hearing John Wetton, who's on bass and lead vocals. And he was formerly with Uriah Heep, Roxy Music, and King Crimson.
1: Okay, very progressive. And as we we
0: said, he ended up going into Asia. Would this be considered as a super group? Well, it was started by John Wetton and Bill Bruford. Okay. You know okay, who Bill from, Bruford is yeah, from? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. from? Yes. From yeah, Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Bill Bruford is the drummer. Okay. Listen to the drums.
1: Oh, it's great.
0: Bill, Bill Bruford was with Yes and King Crimson. That's how he knew John Wetton. Okay. And so they got together. And I'll tell you the rest of the story in just a minute. I want to let you know about what we're listening to here. This is called In the Dead of Night. This is the opening track. And you'll hear it go into the next two songs that I've chosen to feature today. They're a suite. Hear them singing In the Dead of Night. This was the only single that they released from the album, I, In the Dead of Night.
3: I, yeah, this is amazing. I have never heard any of this.
1: Well, I've heard here of UK before. Uh, I I know I've listened to the album. Uh, I just don't remember it. I'm, yeah. Once again, this is something that was down the memory hole for a while. Yeah. And we're now bringing this back, and that's the reason for what the riff. We're, we're trying to bring these things back. I love that. Kind of like you, Wayne.
2: I have heard of UK. I don't know that I have actually sat down and listened to a UK album like this. Listen so this to is this. A real treat.
0: Listen to this instrument here coming up. This is being played by Eddie Jobson. That is the electric violin. Really? Eddie Jobson is the keyboard player. Okay. And that was one of his things, electric violin. Mm -hmm. And so he he plays that throughout the album. Mm
1: -hmm. I've seen obviously you know jimmy page playing with a violin with bow a bow yeah. on his guitar and yeah. kansas i yeah. mean
2: that's a standard that's but a kansas standard was a violin. standard one not yeah. an electric one and charlie daniels band
1: yeah and that was all happening at the same time too yeah. so i guess violin's starting to become part of it of course we had elo with electric Light orchestra and stuff yeah
0: i mentioned the players eddie jobson so John Wetton and Bill Bruford were together and they were trying to decide, do we want to reboot King Crimson? Can we reboot it? What do we want to do? And they decided to start this new band called UK. And so they decided to each pick another musician to join them. And so John Wetton picked Eddie Jobson because he knew him from Roxy Music. They played together in Roxy Music. And then Eddie Jobson went to Frank Zappa. And then... That you recruited him to come play with you. Recruited
1: Frank Zappa to play with UK.
0: No, no, okay. I John
1: Wetton re- recruited Eddie Jobson.
0: Okay. So John Wetton and Bill Bruford were sitting there going, "We need two more members. You pick one, I'll pick the other." Oh, okay. John Wetton picked Eddie Jobson because he was familiar with him from okay. Frank Zappa and Roxy
1: music. Oh, okay. okay. He Played with Frank Zappa.
0: There's also a brand new instrument that was introduced called. The Yamaha CS80, which was an analog synthesizer that had just come out in 1977 by Yamaha. And so that's featured prominently throughout this album. Okay. This is in the dead of night, kind of going to a little bit of a close. And then we're going to start into by the light of day.
1: So okay, you, uh, so, oh, your okay. typical prog rock, the whole album side is one theme. Exactly. Kind of okay. a little
2: moody blues kind of flavoring yeah. to it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, that one was in in seven time signature, so you know it's prog rock, right?
1: <laughs> oh, this is almost sounding like, uh, I don't know, iRobot from yes. Alan Parsons.
0: It kind of has that space feel and the yeah. thing that... Parsons was doing, Sticks was doing a little bit of this kind of space stuff, but that's John Wetton again, voice is just really good. He actually started off in classical music, his brother was in it, and he had to learn how to play some bass things for his brother, and so, I mean, his voice is kind of makes you think a little bit classic, but...
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that we, we discussed this before. A lot of those prog rock groups were classically trained. Right. There's a, not a whole – right now, I don't know of any really groups or anybody out there that come through like Juilliard or any of these classically trained – Musicians and becoming a rock star anymore.
3: Wasn't that, didn't Britney Spears go through Juilliard? I, th-
1: <laughs> I think that was Disney. I think it was
3: Juilliard movie. I think it was Juilliard uh, rent a movie place, I think.
1: <laughs> the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. So you had
0: John Wetton picking Eddie Jobson. Bill Bruford, he wanted to pick somebody. Mm-hmm. He knew a guy named Alan Holdsworth. From a solo project that he had done And Alan Holdsworth is on guitar He's influenced Eddie Van Halen said he was influenced By Alan Holdsworth Joe Satriani John uh, Frusciante from Red Hot Chili Peppers And then Frank Zappa said Alan Holdsworth was the most interesting Guitarist on the planet the most interesting guitar yeah from frank zappa okay this is that electric violin
3: there what's well, interesting that frank zappa would say that because he wasn't from pl- planet earth so
0: right.
1: yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. i saw a doc on <laughs> frank zappa it's out there if you want to watch it yeah they you can't really describe the music i we would do an album but if you look at the albums they're really more of theater than anything yeah. else it's and, a little prog rock. It's yeah. a little funk. It's a little you know avant garde. Avant garde jazz is, yeah. is what I would put it at because he he doesn't. There's no. I mean, I think Valley Girl. I think we did the <laughs> song. Yeah, It's the only real song they done, and that yeah. was his daughter that did it too. Nanook the Eskimo is uh is is quite <laughs> the achievement, I will say.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is way
0: definitely prog rock. Prog rock all the way. I was turned on to these guys after I had the 1982 album, Asia, Mm -hmm. which we covered.
1: Yeah. That was our first one or second one. I think it's our episode two, I think.
0: Two or three. Yeah. Right there at the front. And I had a neighbor. His name was Mark Alley. And he he had a couple of older brothers. Mark was about five years older than me. And he was listening to this album. And he said, yeah, this is uh, the guy. These are the guys. He was such a stoner. He just goes, these are the guys <laughs> from Asia. And and he gave me the albums to uh, borrow. Yes. Yeah. I still have them. <laughs> <laughs> what a friend. Exactly. I was like there's 16. No telling, I'm the same way. I have no telling how many albums I borrowed and never gave back.
2: Now you've got some overdue fees
3: coming yes.
0: your way. Yeah. I, this yes. podcast I heard them and I was just like, ah, oh, man, this is great.
1: So you still have the albums? I
0: still have the albums. Oh, okay. Yeah. And this they they have a live album and then they have this one was their was their first one. They kind of did try to kind of do a little bit of a comeback. If you look at the graph on Wikipedia, there's this huge gap in the middle where there's nothing.
1: When Asia was on, exactly. when they left the Asia. Exactly.
0: Well, that's
2: what I was thinking. If this is their first one that's 78 and then the first Asia album pops up in 82. They wouldn't have had much time to come up with studio albums. They could have, you know, two, three, four at the map.
0: Here we're going one more time into a transition. And this, you can start to hear it a little bit, goes into Presto, Viveci, and Reprise. Now listen to the keyboard here. This is Eddie Jobson just going to town. little
3: Kansas player to it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this album so far is all keyboards and drums. Yeah. A little bit of bass line below. I'm not hearing electric guitar going nuts like no. you usually do at this time. Right.
2: Right. The, the, heavy, the, the heavy use of the keyboards reminds me
0: of Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Yeah.
2: Too.
3: I can exactly. see
0: this on an ELP album. Yeah. There are um, eight tracks on this album. And it's about 45 minutes long. It actually uh, was released, we're featuring May of 1978. That's when this album came out. And they sold about a quarter million uh, copies in four months. The highest it went was number 65 on the U.S. Billboard charts. But pretty commandable.
1: Well, prog rock was slowly disappearing at this time. If you think about it, yes, it's sort of broken up, and that's one reason why several members here. I even think, at this time, I think John Anderson had left, yes. I want to say this is the album that they put out that didn't even have John Anderson in.
2: Now, Rob, this is the reprise, isn't it? This is back to In the Dead of Night. Exactly.
0: That's what what happened, so they kind of go back and revisit those. It's a great. It's the album side. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm loving this. Rob. Yeah, I am. In 2015, Rolling Stone magazine ranked this the 30th best progressive rock album of all time. Yeah. Wow. Nice see. And um, yeah, for something that we haven't really, we're not that familiar with, unless you happen to have a Mark Alley in your neighborhood. I never <laughs> heard the band until today. <laughs> After this album, uh, Wetton and uh, Eddie Eddie uh, Jobson fired. Holdsworth over musical differences, and then Ruford left because he was kind of tight. You know, he was the one that brought him in. He was right? the one that brought him in. So they picked up a new drummer named Terry Bozzio from Frank Zappa, and began performing as a trio. Do you know where who's connected to Terry Bozzio? There's
2: a it, that's a name we've talked about before.
0: Yeah, after UK, Terry Bazio got with Warren Cucurio and his sister, Terry's sister, Dale. Ah, yes. From Missing, Missing Persons. Persons. Missing Persons. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay, now we're going to transition to the next song, Time to Kill. And it's a pretty abrupt start here because it is going from one song to the other on the other side of the album. And here's where we go. I thought I would cover this, Time to Kill, but there's some really cool uh, songs on this album. One is called Mental Medication, and the other is called 30 Years, and it's kind of a retrospective looking back at the past 30 years of life. They're great fall asleep too so I didn't want to cover it because you know I didn't want us falling asleep right. <laughs> so
1: I mean they couldn't have been 30 years old what, what are they retrospecting <laughs> about I mean well, it exactly worked. that
2: <laughs> this has almost a Broadway feel to me
0: yeah. it, it does and it also Genesis makes, it makes yeah. me think of uh, too much time on my hands or something like yeah. that the, the in terms of the uh, concept yeah um, Time to kill. I got time to kill. If you like Asia and you enjoy synthesizers and you like prog rock, then download this album. Right. Is this their only one? No they they had a they had a live album uh-huh. and then they had one called um, I'm trying to remember if it was his or UK called Danger Money, but they didn't have a time. It really didn't, but they got together, had some fun, put together a very long album. <laughs> um, one of the things, like I said, that turned me onto this was John Wetton being from Asia. Sure. This is the same song.
3: This is this is so much of a reminder for me, at least, of Kansas. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. different. Key you know, changes the different I right. never Simple really changes. had thought about that
0: until you said that. I mean,
1: especially the early Kansas Song yes. for America that's 10 minutes long.
2: And well, it, this is yeah. the thing prog rock has more in common with what people consider classical music, yeah, you know, serious symphonic music than it does
1: really with the rock era.
0: And again, listen, I mean, this is still time to kill. It sounds mm-hmm. like we went into another song
1: now. I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, back in the day, they used to have a graph of all the different members and what groups they came from. You know, Mm -hmm. they had that California Rock with Poco and the Eagles and how they all interchange with Loggins and Messina and all these things. There's another one on Prog Rock, too, and it has the same graph going from Roxy Music to Yes to to UK and all these Mm -hmm. groups. I'll I'll see if I can not try to find it and post it on our Facebook page, but it's pretty cool-looking.
0: Yeah, it's neat to kind of look at how these people are connected. And they and so many of them are. That's one of the joys of doing what the riff is just finding out who came yeah. from where and where they went afterwards. Right. Yep. Wetton was the singer and principal songwriter for Asia, which was a supergroup. And that was his biggest commercial success. They sold 10 million copies worldwide. And it was Billboard Magazine's number one album of 1982. And 82 had some amazing albums. Yes, they did. Mm -hmm. Um, I found found this interesting. He's left-handed, but he plays the bass right-handed.
1: Well, that's because at the time, that's all you could get, if you recall. I guess you're right. Jimi Hendrix was left-handed. He had to flip the guitar upside down and restring the strings. And I've seen, I forget who it was, but... Someone was the same way, but they didn't restring the strings, and he played the upper strings. Was that at the Paul top. McCartney? I don't think it was Paul McCartney. Well, Paul one of McCartney the Beatles played a left-handed bass. One of those. Yeah.
2: One of the Beatles was left-handed. But I, I mean, they were
1: rare to get, and you know, you wanted to play bass. you're, yeah. you're You know, your parents aren't going to go out and buy you a, a ten, course, a now, thousand dollar bass. If
2: you're Paul McCartney,
3: I'm sure there are yeah. plenty of people that offer to put, make him a, a left-handed bass.
1: <laughs> I imagine you could oh, get Paul you a McCartney, bass. yes, but not, not what.
0: Like, like I was talking with him, um, it said that his brother Robert was a classical organist and John played the bass parts on a piano because the home organ didn't have a pedal board and Wetton recalled, I got to like bass lines because Bach bass lines are incredibly interesting, so I thought, this is good, I like bass lines, that's me. So he's a classical music enthusiast, but he got into rock and roll instead to avoid being compared to his brother. So he's like, I'm not going to do the same thing he's doing. And like we said, he's well-connected, was a session musician for Brian Ferry, Brian Eno, Steve Hackett of Genesis. There you go. Nice ending here. All right. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. Thank you, Rob. That's cool. So now we're going to go to our entertainment track brought to us by Monkey Wrench Brewing in Swanee, Georgia.
1: In May of 1978, The Buddy Holly Story came out. If you recall, Gary Busey, yep. he would go on um, to be, uh, I got—I I, I guess, an ultra-stratum off of this. I mean, he was great. I he mean, ultimately
2: he get, became a caricature of himself. <laughs> exactly, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, he, well, that this, motorcycle
2: wreck
3: did that. The
1: movie would get a, a Academy Award for Best Music, Original Song Score, and a Best Adap- Adaptation. Um Busey would actually be nominated for uh, Best Lead Actor on this. So. But yeah, I, anytime I could bring any of these 50s songs, I, I like to pull them yeah. back. Yeah. They didn't really have albums back then. Another movie that came out, Thank God It's Friday. Do you guys remember that musical disco
3: I do remember with Donna it. Summer? Yeah.
1: She sung Last Dance. Yeah. All right. There was a movie based off a song, Harper Valley PTA.
0: I never saw that, but I remember the the music. I actually played it in piano. Our piano yeah. class, we played it.
1: Barbara Eden, the genie from Yeah, know, I Dream of Genie played it. Played the big part on that. Okay, tell me if this movie sounds familiar. A wild baseball team of misfits thinks they can make it big.
0: Bad news bears. Yes.
1: All right. No, it's not the bad news fairs it, or its sequel it is a blatant rip off, rip off called here comes the tigers <laughs> i uh, just laughed when i saw this i go oh my goodness they did really really just rip it. it off yeah High ballin was a comedy film about uh, a, a trucker and jerry reed was the lead role in that big Wednesday was a beach movie set in Malibu with Jan Michael Vincent. If you remember, he was a big heart. Draw this back sounds time. like a
0: bunch of knockoff. Movies I was gonna going to say, off. "Cannonball Run." All
1: right, in TV <laughs> in May of '78, this is when a lot of things ended. The Ted Knight Show. If you guys kind of remember that, I don't. Yeah, you guys that. would remember this one, The Bionic Woman. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that Jamie one ended Summers. in May of '78. Columbo. That one lasted forever. Yeah. yeah, and Beretta. Robert Blake. Yeah, that was another good one. But that was your entertainment of May of 1978. We're moving on to our staff pick, and we're going to Bruce on this one.
2: I picked this one for three reasons. Oh, God. First (laughs) off,
1: (laughs) this
2: piano part. Yes. You got a I'm a sucker for a good piano part. Yes. Second is David Gates is the co-lead singer for the group Bread and I thought okay that's one of Wayne's guilty pleasures and I might <laughs> be able true. to slide it by
1: I, I this song is all right they really at the time they played it way too much I mean to mm-hmm. me this I think David Soul had what yeah. don't give up on his baby or something like yeah. that There was a bunch of these songs that were very similar to this they just we didn't have rock Radio yeah. at the time. It was all top 40. And well, you know.
2: this really came from the movie, The Goodbye Girl. So yeah. this song is, it's David Gates' Goodbye Girl, and it's the, the main theme from the movie, The Goodbye Girl. It's the Neil Simon. Uh, Wasn't Richard Dreyfus? Richard Dreyfus was in it. He won the Oscar for the Best Actor, and that's he was the youngest, at the time, the youngest Best Actor uh, winner. So, uh, so that was that's true.
0: Now, I did not remember UK from May of '78, but I do remember this song from May of '78. Oh yeah, okay.
2: everybody. Well, it hit number fifteen on the Billboard Hot yeah, 100, it, 100, so it, it, everybody be immediately
0: places me in '78. Yes, you know. yes. Who was?
3: Who is uh, the uh, the actress in the movie? I I remember the movie.
2: Yeah, um, I've I had that. I, I don't remember the name, okay. uh, but but it was uh, it was a definitely very popular. Neil Simon yeah. uh, movie. So,
1: but like you said, Brad. Yeah, I, now I didn't know this was the guy from Brad, Yeah, truthfully. I mean, I was were sixteen years old, so I wasn't really paying attention. Well, I, I didn't yeah. either. But yeah, Brad. I mean, really, get their greatest hits. It is. Put it on, have a date night. Easy and it is yeah. it is really, really nice.
2: Well, I said there were three reasons. Let me tell you the third reason okay. is it's David Gates. Because when I started looking into this, his personal life was just fascinating to me. Get this. His first band was formed in high school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they released a 45 called Joe Baby that was written in 1959. It was written for his girlfriend at the time, uh, Joe Rita, and he married her, and they are still married today.
1: Oh, wow. wow. So,
2: you know, these six-week marriages and things like that, you just don't have that So anymore. all those
1: bread songs were actually written for his wife. Yeah, yeah. Cool.
2: But he, he was a very successful guy, uh, just a fascinating story.
0: Hmm. Marsha Mason- Played in that movie. If Marshall you know who Mason. that is, okay. I don't. Thanks, I Bruce. remember the name, but I don't. My pleasure.
1: Now we're going to Brian Bud. Uh oh, I think I know this song.
3: Yeah, you do. If you this don't know it by now, I'm sorry. You, uh, uh, I'll, uh, I'll pray for you. Love that Slohan that himself, Eric Clapton. There is nothing that is.
2: This is one of Clapton's biggest hits in America. I was about to say, this is one of the, it's a song that is overplayed, but I'm, I just never get tired of it. No.
3: He wrote it in the style of one of his favorite songwriters, the Oklahoma musician called J.J. Cale, spelled C-A-L-E. Clapton said this song was as close as an Englishman could get to being J.J. Cale. And the B side oh, of the single was Clapton's cover of Cole's song "Cocaine." Do you remember that? Oh, that was the B side. That
0: was the B side. No kidding. Hmm. I would almost, I would have known right. "Cocaine" more than this song. I mean, I a know of airplay,
1: J.J. Sure. Kelp did both songs. Well, he wrote them yeah, both. Yeah. yeah.
2: So this so is a, a cover.
1: Won't you stay
2: with me? Or is no, it did Clapton, Clapton
3: write wrote it in his this style? He wrote it in his style. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. But JJ yeah. Kale, I think, wrote cocaine. K- yeah, Kale's is cocaine. Okay, gotcha. So, in this song, of course, Clapton's trying to convince uh, a young lady that uh, hang out in bed with him instead of leaving. So, think about the grammatical errors in this song Lay Down, Sally, which really grammatically it should say Lie Down. <laughs> Unless you're talking about laying. <laughs> you know, to think about oh, it, it's different. Well, well, we're we'll, get, we'll get to that point later.
1: To think about this is where this is the rock and roll lifestyle. He's been in this for over 10, 15 years now. Yeah. And the groupies that stay and everything else, I could see after a while, it's like, you know, you'd like to have some company more than you just want to have a fling after, with some of these girls. So,
3: But with the, listen to that guitar. that To your point, it never gets old just simple picking on a guitar.
1: It seems to me sort of like an early Dire Straits. That. That's a,
3: yeah, I can see that. When? Well, who yeah, uh, worked with Clapton on this was one of Clapton's backup singers named Marcy Levy. I was going to ask who the female voice was. Yep. And she uh, basically, according to Song SongFact, wrote this with him and sang on it. So you can hear her. That's Marcy Levy. Yeah. She toured with uh, Bob Seger. Before joining Clapton's band in '73, you. so
0: she's been around with some incredible
3: musicians.
0: I'm thinking I might do another Bob Seger album, or one of you guys needs to, because there's another another good one out there on the database. Several of them, actually. Yeah.
3: Marcia Levy told Q magazine in an, uh, in an interview. Uh, we were in the studio one day and Eric said, I want to write this song called Lay Down Sally. So I went to the corner and came up with a melody. How do these people do that?
2: It's it's really impressive when you look at that creative. Oh, my gosh, There's yes. something miraculous about it.
1: And they, it's always in that twenties to thirty range or you know, even yeah. teens. Mm-hmm. But after that it's just like It gets harder, obviously. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, all right. Thanks, Brian. That's really cool. Now we're going to go over to Wayne for his staff pick.
1: Oh, we're going to rock it, buddy. Off their second album, We Have Come For Your Children. (laughs) I give you the punk band Dead Boys. And the song, Ain't It Fine. You guys probably haven't heard that, unless you are a fan of Guns N' Roses. They did a sort of a compilation album of all their favorite songs and this is one of the songs that Guns Roses did it's off the off of the album the Spaghetti Incident.
2: This starts a little bit like sign of the Gypsy queen. Yeah. Are you referring to Mr. It's not Mr.
3: April Wine? The <laughs> band uh, April Wine. Mr. April Wine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, out of Cleveland these <laughs> boys were regulars at the CBGBs in New York City if you remember back in the mid to late 70s because Joey Ramone found them, and hey, buddy, you're punk, we're punk, come on and join us. And I thought about doing their first album, just doing the album, but you guys aren't really fans of stuff you just don't even know. So I just go, okay, well, this is a good song to do on it.
0: I don't know. I like this. I, I really do. Well, this doesn't sound punk to no, me. I was oh. just about to say,
1: this yeah. does not sound punk. It's more it sounds road. a little more Southern rock. It'll pick up. This is sort of, you know. Now we're getting there. This band was one of the first waves of punk rock in the United States. And they were known to be one of the rowdiest and violent groups from that era. So they, I mean, would cut themselves. They they would, I mean, just be all over, pick fights with people. Hmm. They, they weren't the, the Sex Pistols type with the, you know, the. they were T-shirts and jeans. They weren't the, you know... I yes, fashion guys with the toothpicks through the nose and things of that sort.
2: They were more the East Coast punk yeah. band. <laughs>
1: now, this song was a hit, believe it or not. I kind of remember it. It went to number eight on the mainstream rock charts really? in the United States. I don't remember this one. Yeah.
2: I've never heard it.
1: It's an ode to the wildlife. It's like, hey, who cares? So the whole thing is, ain't it fun when you're friends despise what you become ain't it fun when you get so high you just can't come you know so it, i mean they were i mean they were that punk stuff their first album was called Le- young loud and snotty and that is not a punk album title i don't know what is
0: Somehow I'm thinking, this is sounding a little bit like driving and crying.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I
0: don't know why, but it just, I don't know if it's the singer. The singer has a little bit of that sound to him.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, Ain't It Fun is, is noted to be the first commercially released song with the lyrics containing a profound profanity um, I guess I best can say it was the "see you next Tuesday" profanity, <laughs> which is said once in the whole time. But but the thing is, is what you're really big on, we talked over it so it wouldn't show up. But I, I mean, they had no qualms about anything. They cuss all the time through the st- I think their whole album's ease. I've know?
0: never actually heard "see you next Tuesday." I just realized what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, well after this album The drummer was stabbed Five times in New York And guess who stepped up and filled in For a few gigs John Belushi Really? So That's interesting They only released two albums Which is funny That you know they only lasted so long So they had their fun They've come back and done some stuff But the original band I mean Johnny Blitz, Jimmy Zero, Jeff Magnum Cheetah Chrome and Steve Bader's—they, you know, all made up names.
3: How many of them are still alive?
1: Um, I think, I think three of them are. Okay. Obviously, some of some of them have tried to go back on tour with them, but I, I want to say, I think Steve is is not with us, and Cheetah is not with us, I believe. But. Hmm. I don't know. I, uh, well, that I'd lifestyle, yeah. That yeah. lifestyle, doesn't All right, so now we're going to go back to the person who started us all off, Rob. All right. What's your staff pick?
0: Well, you can hear it in the keyboards here. That left-handed bass is himself. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we already talked about him, so. We did. This is Wings.
2: With oh, a little this up. was everywhere in 1978,
0: wasn't it? You know, I just, this is so, when I when I put it into my iTunes to listen to it and say, Do I want to cover this one? And I, I heard it and I immediately just started thinking about the fun I was having in sixth and seventh grade and hearing this on the radio.
1: That's yes, happy go lucky, it is music we were having disco we having these soft kind of mellow songs and just yes. right we went from the old 19 early 70s where it was all dire music and yeah. you know and stuff and we'll, we'll we'll cover those but this was like we turned to turn a corner and we're gonna be positive we're gonna be on. yeah it's fun even though we were in a recession and <laughs> it had unemployment and stagflation <laughs>
3: I have a story, Rob, if you don't mind. It, it, it just it just came back to me. No,
1: what is it? At the junior, I, I, of
3: course, you know, I moved to, to Baton Rouge um, in the fall of 77. And this is in the spring of 88, well, the winter of 88. At our junior high, you should be able to buy carnations for, for a dollar for one of the clubs. Yes. And you'd write a little card, and they would bring them to you your first period. I remember getting one card anonymously. With the with the the card said, with a little luck we could work it out. Oh wow! Oh my
1: goodness, did you find out who that was?
3: No, I never. Oh did. Oh my
1: goodness,
3: <laughs> I never did. You had a I secret wasn't, maybe, admirer. I, was, and I, I must know. have had. I, I was just like that. Had never wow. nothing like that had ever happened to me before. And I was like, maybe we on what the riff can <laughs> solve this riddle. <laughs> so if anybody remembers sending that to me. What school I was cool to was hear it? from you. He's Sher- married though, Sherwood Junior High School with Eric Von Hessler. I was going to say, yeah. It was the same year that we were together. We didn't know we were Maybe together. Maybe Eric
1: sent it to you. Maybe so.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
0: But anyway, it's just weird that I remember that, hearing that song. It just came back to me.
1: Wow, that's sweet.
0: Well, I, that's what I think is fun about listening to some of these... Uh, old ones, it just takes you right back. Yeah, and I, I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. For some reason, I am more a fan of Wings than I am of the Beatles. Like, I could almost listen to their whole collection. I mean, Paul McCartney, what talent! I like the Beatles certainly, but man,
1: I, I'm the Beatles side, but I agree with you, talent. I mean, I, I mean, what he did in the '80s was, uh, you know, I think it was more popish. Yes. I think this was the time he goes, I'm going to put out what I want to put out and I can do good pop songs without Lennon.
3: Thanks for bringing that memory, Rob. That's that's, uh,
0: that's, that's amazing what make it, uh, but music can trigger. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So for our last song, we normally go into either a laugh track or an instrumental, and I did what we do sometimes, and I went back to the album, UK, and I, double picked, dipping. I picked an instrumental called... Alaska, And I just want to say before we get into some other facts and everything, the synthesizer on this just, I was sold when I heard this. I I picture you being out in Alaska, frozen tundra, looking as far as you can see, and the northern lights. It just really, I just thought it was a cool song.
1: All right, who's been to Alaska? I've traveled almost 3,000 miles in Alaska, which means I didn't travel a whole lot. But really, <laughs> it was the southern part. Yeah. So I went all the way down from the islands, all the way around. Uh, and the lower half, believe it or not, is woods. Woods as far as you can see. Wow. If they have a wildfire, the wildfire is going as long as it doesn't rain. There's actually. no way to get there, too. So there's no way to get to it. So what's interesting literally saw mountain lines on the side of the road I mean <laughs> it is very very rugged uh, I did it with my daughter a few years ago uh, we I went, want to go up there we sometime we went in May actually it was last year we went in May but yeah it is but when you get up there in the north it is it, it goes from just woods and kind of somewhat warm to cold <laughs> and it's straight and windy and you go back and look
3: but you know what the, the thing that I noticed too though Rob the bald eagles are everywhere like buzzards are here in Georgia. Oh, wow. I mean, they're everywhere.
1: All right. We get back to music of May of 1978. Top hits. If I Can't Have You, Yvonne Elliman. The Closer I Get to You, Roberta Flack. Donny Hathaway. Too Much, Too Little, Too Late. Johnny Mathis. I'm surprised he had a song back then. He was more for the 60s. Night Fever, the Bee Gees that was obviously oh, yeah. Saturday Night Live. Uh, Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever, yeah, I'm sorry. You're the one that I want, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. I got chills. They're multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, elsewhere in May of 1978, music, Barry Gibbs becomes the only songwriter in history to have four consecutive number one singles on the Billboard's Hot 100, obviously. Yeah. From and a performance used for the Kids Are All Right, the Who played their last show with Keith Moon. He would die a little later. Some albums that came out uh, May of 1978. David Bowie was with the Philadelphia Orchestra and had David Bowie narrates Peter, Peter and the Wolf. Oh, yeah. You remember that? I remember that, yep. Tom Petty had You're Gonna Get It. Stranger in Town, Bob Seger, we talked about that. Joe Walsh, but seriously, folks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's such a character.
1: Yeah. Craft were, I don't know, the, the man machine. I, I never got into them. David Gilmour had his own solo project called David Gilmour. ACDC before the, they really hit it big. Yeah, before powers. Brian
0: Johnson, yeah. right?
1: Well, was yes.
0: So think about all these different types of music yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. Disco. Prog rock, you know. You oh, yeah, have-
1: Commodores are on here. Barbara Streisand's a top hit. Top ACDC,
0: yeah. I mean, it, there was a lot going on yeah. in the late yeah. 70s, yeah. trying a lot of things.
1: Well, you've been listening to May of 1978. We're What The Riff. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm Bruce. And I'm Brian. We'll see you guys next time. Hope you guys enjoyed it.
0: Thanks for listening to What The Riff. We hope you enjoyed the songs we had on tap today. Please tell your friends about us. Check us out at whattheriff.com and follow us on Facebook. Special thanks to our sponsors, Monkey Wrench Brewing, Stanton Electric, and Marbury Creative Brew. That's all for this week. See you next week on What The
1: Riff?